Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about whether stated income loans are good for the banking industry. But first, love to answer your questions. If you've got a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. We'll answer it on an AMA episode. That is, ask me anything. Send your questions in to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. On today's show, we're talking about whether stated income loans are good for the banking industry. Earlier this week, the Wall Street Journal published a story criticizing the return of stated income loans. Many of the loans that precipitated the 2008 financial crisis were also stated income loans. It was one of those here-we-go-again stories. It tells the story of a 30-year-old nursing student who managed to get a $610,000 loan with no tax returns and only 12 months of bank statements and letters from clients. How outrageous. How irresponsible for banks to be taking these types of risks again. The rest of the story is stated somewhat factually, but not really analyzed in depth. And here are the facts. The lender made the loan at 65% loan-to-value. That's a fairly conservative ratio. Even if the borrower defaults, the lender stands a very good chance of getting back 100% of their principal. State and income loans are not a problem in and of themselves. In the world of residential underwriting, the fundamental assumption is that the path to repayment of the loan is from someone's employment income. If you're not repaying the loan from your employment income, there must be something wrong with the borrower. Maybe they're left-handed or something. Maybe they have two left hands. I don't know. But here's the rest of the backstory. The owner of the property covers two-thirds of her housing costs from the rent from other nursing students and from some short-term Airbnb guests. The remaining one-third she covers from her employment income. The property in question is one that she inherited from her grandfather. It's a family homestead. Here's a case of a student working hard to get on the ladder of home ownership. She's being resourceful, and she's thinking like a creative real estate investor. These types of people, in my view, are a good bet. She's really working hard to own and maintain this home. The problem with stated income loans back in 2005, 6, and 7 is that they were high ratio loans. They were offering loans with very low down payments and no verification of any documentation. That's not the case here. If a homeowner doesn't have three years of income history, it doesn't mean they're a bad risk. Bank accounts, in many ways, give a more complete view of spending history than a tax return, which provides a snapshot at a single point in time. I think there's nothing wrong with stated income loans. When a lender lends you money, they're only asking one question. If I lend you money, how am I going to get it back? How am I going to get it back if things go well? How will I get the money back if things don't go well? And the safety of a loan is a combination of two things, combination of security and risk. These variables together define safety. The security of loan is based on the lender's recourse. Do they actually have their interest in the property secured on title in first lien position? If the loan is at, say, 90% equity and 10% loan, I don't care what the borrower's income is. If I have to foreclose on that property, it'll be the best day ever. On the other hand, if the loan is 10% equity and 90% loan, my exposure as a lender is much, much higher. The risk of borrower defaulting becomes much more important to the lender in the second scenario. A lender at 10% loan-to-value, I don't care what the risk of default is. I'm always going to get my money back no matter what the borrower does. There's virtually zero risk as long as I'm secured on title in first lien position. My protection in that instance is the security and the low loan-to-value ratio. At high leverage, the risk becomes much more important. It's the combination of security and risk. 
that defined the level of safety for the lender. Now, if you listen to the media, they've dumbed it down and equated stated income loans as being the problem. They're not the problem at all. Is it easier for a borrower to commit fraud with a stated income loan? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There are fewer checks and balances, but properly structured, you can make the stated income loan much safer even than a conventional loan. It has to do with the overall safety of the transaction. There's always a danger when you confuse correlation with causality. Simply because two things are correlated doesn't mean there's a causal relationship. The real root cause might be something else. In this case, it has to do with how the loan is structured. What is the basis under which the lender is defining safety for the loan? If you're looking to borrow funds and a lender is saying that you don't fit their particular model perfectly, don't be afraid to negotiate. There may be other loan products out there that could fit your specific situation. As you're thinking about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.